Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's gonna throw! Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! <laughs> Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They Rubbish! There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. everybody happy tuesday to you may 30th 2023 you're listening to kentucky roll call here on big x sports radio 96.1 fm 1450 am tj walker nick rouse justin kalen to start your week long weekend over hope it was good for everybody it's uh it's a, at least a, a nice morning to get you back to the work week although a little gonna be toasty today nick rouse how was your weekend it was uh, it was nice get a, get a little extra break three day holiday weekend uh, enjoyed it very much uh, it wasn't the typical three day Memorial Day like we're gonna go somewhere right like I, I know that's a that's a big thing we didn't have any plans at all uh, ended up having a day or two at the pool but I gotta say of all of the the funny memories uh, made this weekend the one the one that's sticking you have like those kind of uh, snapshots that just the stick with you uh we have one where we were trying to get duke so he has a, a glider bike which is just two wheels they kick around he loves it because he's really good at it he's figured it out um but we got him a one with training wheels for his birthday and he's all right at doing it but he's not as good so he doesn't want to do it and so now we're just kind of forcing him and the way we forced him this weekend he's very competitive so we made this little obstacle course where, you know, you got to run around the cones or whatever it might be. And I was like, he's like, dad, I'm just going to race you. I'm just going to be, I'm going to beat you and you and Frank. So while we're in the stroller, I'm like, yeah, well, we got three wheels. We're going to be faster than you. And I just looked at Burke and I said, just watch, I'm going to beat him. So what I do, I beat him once. And he's like, well, you did. Uh, or new market set go and he like gets a big head start i still i beat him again and then it's just immediate temper tantrum he's just crying throwing rocks um in the ground uh just a puddle of tears i was like well if you had four wheels maybe you'd be faster than me so then he he dumps all of the rocks out of the gravel out of his shoes that had fallen in there from him just throwing a tantrum gets his helmet on gets on his his training wheel bicycle and he since he's got four wheels he's faster than the three-wheeled stroller so he 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 beat us and that was uh that was a nice little you know 30 minutes of bicycle riding after that so i was uh, a lot of fun uh 
the that part of parenting can be very fun. The taking them to Churchill Downs and then just there immediately in like a bad mood that wasn't as fun. But you know, you figure it out. Lessons learned. That's how that's how things go, TJ. A beating up on a kid and shaming him story to start the week. Hey, I know what he's <laughs> motivated by. If we're playing baseball scoots and he swings and misses, the next one's going over my head or right at my head. That's just how he <laughs> operates. I mean, it's nice to it's nice to know what motivates your kids. <laughs> Got the competitive juices flowing at an early age. Well, that sounds nice. That's fun, yeah. and it uh, it worked. You 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 got him on on the big kid bike. Justin, how was your weekend? Did, did you get Did you get on the golf course, or was you was you with a wrist hurting too much, Justin? <laughs> uh, no, I I did not get on the golf course. I had a super busy weekend. It was it was a good weekend. It was just super busy. I uh. My Saturday was all taken up with Ulma's birthday party and then my buddy's party later that night. That was a fun day. I had about, oh, I want to say four of my groups of friends there, and they all had babysitters on Saturday night, so that was a lot of fun. None, none of their kids. I even looked at them at one point in the night. I was like, man, I just want you all to know that I absolutely love the heck out of all your all all your all's kids, but I'm really glad they're not here. So that was a lot of fun. And then Sunday and Monday, I had to work both days, although they were short days. So I did a lot of relaxing on Sunday night and Monday night, and it was it was good. It was a good weekend. I'm I'm glad that we had a long weekend, but I'm glad to be back now. TJ, how was your weekend? And Scoot starting the week off by telling parents he hates their kids. Uh, oh, I said I love their kids. A lot of it's bad time to be a kid on Kentucky <laughs> Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. My weekend was great. Went by too quickly, and. I don't know. No, nothing really, nothing really spectacular, or, or it was a spectacular weekend, I suppose, but nothing really unique. Um, got to the pool yesterday. Got to find a way to get to the pool on Memorial Day weekend to get the official kick to summer. Yeah, I was at the river on Sunday. That was nice, but the weather—I I love the weather. It was kind of chilly for that time of the year, but I still thought it was a nice day. There was some rain earlier in the day, but that cleared up. By the evening, let's see, what did I do on Saturday? Yeah, it was just a lot of at-home time. We smoked some wings, which were delicious. That was uh, a good time. And had some good NBA games. Learned the fate of the Batcats and their path to Omaha. And it was, uh, it was nice. It was good. Batteries recharged. I've got a weekend getaway coming up, going to Houston, this Friday, so won't be able to go to Lexington for the Batcats, which is incredibly unfortunate. Uh, and who doesn't love going to wonderful, beautiful Houston in this time of year? But leaving there Friday, getting back Monday, so that'll be yeah, oh, get nice. get plenty of time with the kids. So that'll well, be nice. at least in Houston, it's it's really uh, mild this time of year. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, so that 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 will that will be. Fun. We're going to Houston for a baby shower. Oh, that's something you normally travel across the country for. It absolutely is. I I, I wondered why we don't wait till the baby's born and then meet the baby and then and then go to Houston. But the the wife's family lives all over, so it's really more of like a family reunion. And it's been a couple years since they've done one, so. I'm fine. I'm fine with it. We're gonna have fun and uh, be the the second time on a plane with the little one, and we won't have the luxury of like all the other little kids in the family. So if she 
cries you know it's almost like when you're getting what they say when you're getting chased by a lion or a bear you don't have to be the fastest you just can't be the slowest on a plane you can cry and you can be a little loud you just can't be the loudest Mm -hmm. and it was nice when you had all the other babies and little kids there because they were making a ruckus and it was more disguised this time though she's going to be all by herself so hopefully it'll go it'll go okay so uh, yeah, nothing, nothing really newsworthy or news breaking for me. If I think of anything, I'll be sure to bring it up, but it was great. No golf, uh, which would have, would have been a little bit nicer, mm-hmm. but Hey, Sunday, speaking of golf, uh, just hanging out down at the, down on the river, had the TV on. It felt like the Sunday ticket of golf. You had the senior PGA championship coming down to the wire. You had the live event coming down to the wire and they were in DC and then you had the, I don't even know what the name of the PGA, the, the just the regular one. Charles Schwab Challenge. Charles Schwab. Thank you, Scoots. And you had some drama there and in a playoff as well. But we were flipping back and forth. That was kind of fun. Uh, makes me hope that, like, golf can have maybe some competition. It was, uh, I think the top of the leaderboard in the live was better than the Charles Schwab at the end. I knew more people at least, but uh, exciting golf finishes all around. So it was a better sports weekend than I think I was expecting at least. Yeah. yeah. The, the Sunday was a nice, like it, it wasn't your, if you were trying to do the, uh, the typical pool, like summer stuff, uh, that was, that was not the the day for, but you know what, TJ, we're very anti-summer on here aside from scoots and we don't need to wish away. Um, this nice mild weather. Uh, Sunday was nice. We we went to a, a family friends pool and Duke got to do you know run into his big splashes. Got to you know sweat out in the sun a little bit. But we don't need to we don't need to wish away uh, the the springtime because it feels like our sports are coming to an end. I know you you said the golf was on, but the we're on to the finals, uh, Stanley Cup and NBA, and then it's then it's just. Horse racing and uh, what I guess, golf, uh, baseball, baseball regular season. That's that's entertaining. Man, I got bad news for you all this week regarding the heat. Yeah, it's it's going to be a doozy. It's going to get up to. It's going to feel like summer. It is. And I'm pumped. Well, that's why I'm happy to escape away to Texas. Get away from all this uh, heat. Yeah, yeah. Speaking well, of heat, let's talk NBA. Yeah! Woohoo! God, suck it, Celtics, you losers. Uh, oh my goodness gracious, also. I lost oh, the last, I, I pretty much lost every game after the Heat got 3 0 from a betting standpoint. We just bet, didn't time it right. Bet the Heat in game four, lost it. Uh, bet the Heat spread in game five, lost it. Bet the Heat money line in game six, lost that one on a heartbreaker. That would have been a nice payday because they were dogs too. They were like three point three and a half point dogs by the time it was tip off. And then on game seven, I didn't make it over to Indiana to bet, although I definitely would have bet the Celtics, obviously. And but I did after game three or game four, excuse me, after game four when it was three to one, I did bet a Celtics series win, which was really good juice. I only put ten bucks on it, but it was going to pay like sixty. That would have been nice. Would have would have recouped some of the other losses. So technically, I did lose Game Seven. So it was just betting loss after betting loss after betting loss. However, that being said, I am happy that the Heat won. I, I my NBA default team is the Celtics, but just the fact that they haven't had any UK players in such a long time, I'm kind of grown more towards teams with 
with UK guys. So I was definitely rooting for the the Heat to win that series. And I'll I think the Nuggets were probably going to run through either one, but if they're going to do that, I'd rather see some UK guys. Uh, and you're going to get it in Jamal Murray on the Nuggets, but at least with the Heat, you get it with Bam Adebayo, maybe with Tyler Hero. Uh, but wild, maybe. wild finish to the series. The fix was in in game six. The Celtics were just getting all the calls. And then you had the controversial added time to the end of the free throws by Jimmy Butler with with 2.1 seconds. And then later they add time when he's done Hmm. shooting all three of them. Hmm. He makes it three seconds. And, of course, the Celtics missed the game winner but did not miss the putback right at .1 second. Why one of the most exciting NBA finishes I, I can remember, but after the blowout last night, you don't really want to talk about Game Six. It, it feels like ancient history and uh, just a shocker yesterday. It allowed me to go to bed a little bit earlier, which was nice, but I did not suspect that the Celtics went ice cold. I thought early in the game, I was like, the Heat are really kind of shooting poorly. The Celtics. They need to take advantage of this, and if they do, it's going to be blowout city. And then just like two or three minutes later, you realize like, oh, actually the Celtics are shooting worse. How is that even possible? And the Heat eventually figured it out. The Celtics didn't. Had a little bit of a buffer zone game there for a little bit, but in the end, it was all Heat. Some drama on the Celtics sideline. Roush, your boy, Joe Missoula, he was getting he was getting criticized even by his own teammates potentially. But they go mm. home, and the Heat advance, and you get uh, multiple UK guys in the NBA Finals. Should be a lot of fun. The Nuggets well-rested, to say the least. The Heat probably running on fumes. Uh, that's not going to help things because, like I said, I think that the Nuggets have a major advantage. I don't know who's going to stop Jokic on the Heat. I-, I love Bam, but he's been really he – he really struggled against the Celtics. He, he struggled around the rim, just finishing. He had a bunch yeah. of turnovers in, like, the middle of the series, and – yeah, he, he was kind of getting exposed a little bit defensively. It was frustrating, too, that I thought he had the game-winning kind of defensive stop. Uh, and then they went down and uh, – what's his name? Duncan Robinson missed a wide-open three. Because uh, for all intents and purposes, even though the Celtics did kind of get the refs – like it was a ref show going their way, the, the Heat blew that game six. I mean – or sorry, the Celtics blew that game six. Um they were up. I mean, that was kind of a buffer zone game uh, until the Heat closed late. It was a heck of a comeback. It was going to be fun to watch them close out at home after the Butler free throws uh, when all that happened. But, I, yeah, I thought – because Bam had a, had a nice uh, block right before this. Like, yeah, there we go. That's how you get some good momentum. Nice closing stop. Go down and hit a three, Duncan Robinson. He missed it, but uh, Butler went and made the free throws. Then you had the tip in. I was just glad at least, though, that one of those games went down to the wire and, and – had an exciting finish because we didn't get a ton of that uh, in that series. Uh, I felt like we got more of that in the Western Conference Finals, but was glad at least game six came down the wire and so happy to watch the Celtics just completely get embarrassed. Uh, they got it within eight last night, but I don't know what it is about. I, I don't know why I've grown so much vitriol for the Celtics fans. I guess it's because they're all just like Patriots fans and Red Sox fans too. That I just don't want them to all. Ha- they can't have all nice things, and so in the Celtics probably mean the most to them. So uh, hurt, hurt Celtics, hurt. This this was your time. You blew it. 
You blew it with Joe Missoula and he made Doka. When when you all initially saw that tip in in game six, did you think it was good or not? Yes. You did? I did. Because I did, and the only reason I, – I, I, like, absolutely did. I was like, oh, they won. That, that's unbelievable. But the announcers instantly were like, I don't think that's good. And I was like, wait, was it not good? And there was kind of, like, conflicted reactions on the court. Obviously, you know, Jimmy Butler was waving his hand saying no good. The Celtics were going bonkers. But I, I thought it looked – when they sh- slowed it down, I was like, man, am I wrong about this? Because it was really close. But in real time, I was like, that's absolutely good. But I was a little taken aback when the announcers were like, oh, no way. that He didn't get it off in time. Uh, but then they showed the replay, and it was incredibly close. But in real time, I thought it was good. What about you, Scoops? I, I thought it was no good when I first saw it. I was like, wow, that's a heck of a way to end the game. So, But then they showed the replay quickly, and I was like, okay. Yeah, it's, that's clearly off in time. Roush, what, did you think it was good or no in real time? I was just kind of like, no way. No way. And when the, the refs conferred, because I feel like they initially are quicker to wave it off but then do the little replay sign. Um, and when they conferred, I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be good, isn't it? And sure enough, it was good. Man. When do we get the final starting? Thursday. Thursday night. So we don't have to wait too long. Uh, so at least the Celtics, thanks, thanks for keeping that thing alive for us. Give us some basketball to watch. That was nice. With the exception of the games mostly being blowouts or not necessarily coming down to the final few possessions, obviously game six excluded. Uh, it, it, it was nice to have more basketball, but yeah, most of them weren't necessarily the great games, but the scene in Boston was unbelievable. Looking to make history. There was like a, certainly a little bit of a Yankees 2004 feel to it. And then they just, they, they blew it. There's no other way around it. They came out and just absolutely laid a stinker in front of their home crowd. And you really felt like the tide had turned. Roush, as you had mentioned in game six, it was mostly a buffer zone game until the heat stormed back in the final two minutes, really. And uh, looked like everything was going the Celtics way and until game seven happened. But all right, Thursday it is. That'll be, that'll be fun. And then, so, hey, really, we just got to get through, what, today and tomorrow? And then you get finals on Thursday, you get the Batcats on Friday, and you're you're right back into the swing of things. Scooch, there's a little bit of a KRC conflict of interest with the Batcats this weekend. Care to comment? Uh, there is, yeah. I ha- so I have not seen the bracket, but I'm assuming Indiana is in Lexington because I saw Indiana baseball post on Twitter, see you soon, Lexington. So, yeah, tell me more. Speaking of Hoosiers, I probably watch more of the Indy 500 than I ever have, and I've been to the Indy 500. Ugh. But it, uh, and it's still only probably like a combined 12 laps or something like that. But 12 out of 200, I'm getting a little bit closer. And I thought, I, I watched the finish, and I thought it was actually like an exciting finish because a car overtook another car in the final lap. But my Hoosier brother-in-law, who goes to the Indy 500 every year, he was like, that was the worst finish ever. And I was like, but somebody overtook somebody. And they were like, that happens all the time. That's no, you expect that to happen. You don't want to be in that spot. So everybody knew. I was like, oh, gosh. I thought I, I was entertained. Was he mad? He made, sure to, he made sure to let me know it was not a good finish. Was he mad because of the winner or what? 
I think he was mad about like the restart or something. And then like, usually there's more drama in the final two laps. I know there was a lot of wrecks. Um, yeah. Like more so than I normal. I was half, I was half paying attention when he right, was talking. Right, right. Yeah. Um, I, uh, it's one of those things that like, I, I, I made up my mind a few years ago. Like, you know what? I, I can't, I can't yuck their yum because I'm this crazy derby person and I know that not everybody, you know, I'm, I'm that's not everybody's cup of tea either. So like, uh, I, I don't really get it. I think I might have a good time if I went, but, uh, you know, I, I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get, in fact, I will say, uh, so when we go to the, the summer picnics where Brooke lives or her hometown, they'll do the like lawn, lawnmower go-kart whatever you want to call it like the little dune buggy races there and it's similar but i just i love the the fact that in those races they have to like switch riders and like jump in and out of the carts as fast as they can about halfway through and it just adds a little element of fun even though they are like lapping people while they go around these laps and it's hard to keep track of but they're loud Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And they're fast. And they go really fast. Um, I want to, I'll probably go one day just because I, I feel like I need to see Indianapolis, like the scale of Indianapolis Motor Speedway, just in person because it's it's enormous, unlike any other sports venue in the, in, in the world. I, I've the one time I went, we went in the infield and we were near the pit and we were in college and stuff. So it like it it had a infield vibe to it but the infield vibe is just drinking and partying and you can do that a lot of different places today we went also it was like 97 degrees so we kind of got unlucky with like an ungodly hot day and it it just you don't like horse racing you can even when we were in college you can hey we're partying but let's go make our bets and like you could use it as a way to be sociable with people and like do you want to get in the pool or you know if you wanted to right right that with nas or with the indy 500 it's just who's winning oh i don't have service i can't tell okie (laughs) dokie or if you did find out who was winning it was like who cares i've never heard of that person in my life is how's danica doing and Scoots, I know Danica is long since retired. She is long since retired. Yes. Hey, I, I wanted to bring up though. Roush brought up horse racing. Wanted to let you all know I was doing the horse racing thing yesterday. Started with thirty dollars in my account. I've got one hundred and forty now. How about that? Damn. How about that for a horse racing Damn, day? Scoots. I hit a uh, I hit a win place show on a seventeen to one that came in on first, which really Christ. which really helped my account. It was a lot of fun uh, though. I did That's- the fun thing where i got lucky on saturday like just pay like oh i I like this horse and it you know nine to one or something and i just had like four or five you know one place on it it's like oh heck yeah so i got lucky on one and then uh the next day tried like handicapping all day and i think i won one race it was just (laughs) brutal just i couldn't see the board at all i will say though whoever said that you can't see the horses uh, the new setup at the track is a liar. Um, they just didn't explore well enough. And as much as I love to bust Churchill's chops for some of the moves they make, like they at least time this out right where they they have a temporary paddock that's on the other side of those first turn bleachers. TJ, which you hey, did you did you go out to that part when you went to the track on Mother's Day? 
No, we didn't go out on Mother's Day. And we were planning to do a Thursday one, but the kid was just coming off an illness. So we haven't been out there since Derby Week. So essentially, you can't go on the grandstand side because of all the paddock construction. So they've just shifted everything down to where I park, all right? Like the Longfield entrance uh, for the old school folks. But like, yeah, it's along that first turn, they've got a paddock on the other side. And you're actually closer. There's less people. Um, if you want to sit in that new first turn area, you can kind of mingle there if you'd like, although it's a little bit more deserted. So th- the the way they staggered their construction uh, made a lot of sense. Um, now, of course, they're still in two years. It was $5 to get in two years ago. Now it's 10. They went up to seven last year. Now it's 10 bucks. And it that just annoys the bejesus out of me. It's like you all are making so much. You're making more money than God. The whole point of it being cheap to get in the tracks, people spend money the whole time they're here. You spend, what, $8 beers probably on a regular day. Um, they're betting the whole time. You get a rake from that. Why are you charging $10? That that part is always going to annoy me. Um, but, um, yeah, they keep having horses break down too. So, I find it I find it interesting the timing too. Just uh, PETA has people camped out at the track now uh, to spot for breakdowns. And so they actually had like a high res video of a horse getting put down, which I haven't checked the views on it to see if it like actually caught on or not. Like if a ton of people watch it or not. I don't know how many people want to actually watch that because it's pretty disturbing. Um, but like all of this is happening. They can't weather the storm because it just continues to happen. And it it's doing so like two weeks after this new HESA horse racing, integrity, science, something their, their new safety administration is going in effect. So they're like, first day in, in business, we're calling a summit. We're figuring out what's going to happen. And I think what they're going to find, shout out to David Malloy, who um, he used to work for, he was original KSR intern back in the day, covered baseball. He's a big uh, horse racing handicapper. He follows Churchill religiously. And he's noticed that like a bunch of these horses are bums. Like they're having, in these smaller claiming races, like, Typically, a horse should be in like a ten thousand or a seventeen thousand hour claimer, but they're trying to move them up because the purses are so big. The horse that died on Saturday had lost by like thirty links, by an average of like twenty links in its last five races, and it just had no business getting in there. And I think the, the you get some greedy owners who are trying to pull off something that they shouldn't be doing. So maybe that's uh, another action they can take in effect too. And limiting the fields to really only the horses that belong. Maybe maybe that could help out with some of these uh, catastrophic injuries. Yeah, and I, I'm fine with doing that. Investigate, try to figure out as much as you can. I, I think that's probably the answer is just that something with the horses. Um, it, it could obviously be something with the track, but you would wonder if it's track-related – couldn't it be happening more? Right, you know, right. Obviously, you go. There are days where they they're without incident. Um, there's been too many days where they have not been without incident, unfortunately. And I, and I think that's the the measure they should take. Investigate. Well, try to find out as much as you can what's going on. If there's changes to be made, make them. Uh, but I, I don't think that necessarily you need to close down the track. I think the ripple effect of that would would not be, be good. worse. Yeah, yeah. Because then you're you're yeah. It would it would be. And bad. the th- the thing too, TJ, like you said, like when Santa Anita closed down, like there's a difference between a horse jockeys can feel 
it when a horse just gets hurt versus when a horse slips. I don't know how they know that, but like that's what the problem was at Santa Anita a few years ago was the track got washed out because of unseasonably uh, increased rainfall. Um, and the jockeys could feel it. That that has not been a complaint, even though they did have problems with the turf track last year. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm i fine with trying to figure out what's, what's going on. I can't help but feel that some of the local media that are going crazy about all this are disingenuous, though. And... This isn't apples to to oranges, obviously. I, I want I don't we, we nobody wants horses to to die. Um, we're we're totally against it. I think what they're doing is the seems to be the the right measure. Let's investigate. Let's really look into it. Let's get our best people on it and figure out if there's anything to be done here or is it just bad luck? Uh, I'm cool with all that, but the local media coverage in town is just. Not that it shouldn't be covered. It absolutely should. And I'm not the gatekeeper about who can cover what. But, Roush, there's been more homicides in Louisville than horse deaths in this period, in this time. Well, yeah. Of course there has been. Hell, like, I don't know. Like, like, like where, where's the uproar about, like, humans in the city dying? But when it's animals, let's stop everything. Yeah, yeah. It's... Are our priorities straight? And again, that's not to say that like we don't need to be looking in and we don't need to be covering. We do. It, it's it's news. It should be talked about. But just some of like the the pearl clutching. Well, yeah, I I got a little bit more upset when I saw a guy that I went to school with, went to high school with, was killed than the horse died. Like, yes, <laughs> that 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 me- that that messed with me a little bit more than that. How, however, uh, somebody from PETA would argue like. Well, the horses don't have, it's not their choice. Humans have a choice to kill each other. And it's like, all right. Um, another thing too with PETA getting like super duper, like them being there, like they're drawing their line in the sand. People hate PETA so much that like it might backfire. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I don't, I mean, it's a, it's a delicate spot because people yeah. don't like, people don't like horses dying and no. the, like it, it's not, it's not pleasant and it, it really can be, traumatizing for the for the wrong person to see it and it can it can kind of ruin the fun of horse racing for them and maybe ruin it forever which i i do think that that's what we said that like if if that stuff can can impact you you probably don't need to be watching horse racing it's a an above zero percent chance that a horse or a person can get injured it's a it's a dangerous sport for both for both participants and uh I do feel bad for Churchill Downs because like you, you just can't shut down. You can't shut down it because you're not impacting. It's not like you're impacting Churchill Downs. I mean, you are obviously it's, it wouldn't be good for them, but just Roush, think of like all those people on the backside out of work, the, the thousands that are hired to do seasonal concessions out of work. It's like a, its own little industry. Well, and here, here's the thing that, well, it is while, while everybody is country. losing their uh which also shit there's been a lot of businesses pop up around there too that like okay that's good um but um while all this is happening uh the the saturday wind pools were as good as it like that very high so like the, the betting hasn't gone down the money they're making hasn't gone down so um you know, uh, and you know why you talked about local media losing their minds? 
Um, not everybody is just writing out of both sides of their mouth. Jason Frank saw him at the track yesterday. He's the he's that's his job. He's the CJ's uh, uh, horse rider, and he was just out there for for a day at the track. Saw him uh, uh, heading out with his family. So you know, good to know that. Um, like you know, it's still fun. Still fun. Some people get jaded from sports. That's why we we're big marks. I like Mark Story. Mark Story, big just sports guy. Thirty years later, still just enjoying the sports. No, we we do love Mark's story here on Kentucky Roll Call. All right, we need to take our first break. That this is there's plenty more to get to. We haven't even brought it back around to the UK side of things, and that's what we'll do next when we return here on Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio, ninety six point one FM. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call. I am good. You know what? You're a lousy kindergarten teacher. I've seen those finger paintings you bring home and they suck. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Want to address a personal text that was sent to me. Uh, calling me a bandwagon fan for saying I was rooting for the Heat over the Celtics. I I I, I don't care. I don't care. The Celtics are basically anti-UK when it comes to NBA teams right now. Jason Tatum picked Duke over Kentucky. Al mm-hmm. Horford terrorized Kentucky for several years. Marcus Smart, I don't think there's really too many issues with him. Jalen Brown picked uh, UK yeah, let me, or Cal. Let me, let, me, yeah, let me go down the list, buddy. Derek White, he I don't think there's anything wrong with him. Yes, Jalen Brown picked Cal over Kentucky, which is on Oaks Night, if I'm not mistaken. A wild move. Grant Williams, obviously he speaks for himself. People forget about Luke Cornett. You know, he was kind of mm-hmm. annoying for a little bit. Robert Williams, he was a little bit annoying for a while. So they're the anti UK team. I don't have any shame in not defaulting to the Celtics at this juncture in time. That's all I'll say about that. Suck at Celtics. Rondo was there, though, with uh, that 08 team. That's why I became a Celtics fan, really. Yeah, it's that I, team. That and team I liked fun. And I liked the – I already had already liked the Red Sox. I was like, all right, well, easy easy fit here to, to like the Celtics with Rondo there. And then they were even enjoyable and likable after the Rondo era. But now yeah, it's, almost, I, it's, a, it's a bit too much now. I liked um, Paul Pierce kind of getting rewarded for being there for a long time. And uh, I was just always a big Kevin Garnett fan, too, because he talked a lot of trash. That was I remember watching those finals uh, with with one of my friends and his cousins about, I don't know, five, six years older. And he, he was keeping up with the Bill Simmons live blog throughout that finals and just like letting us know what Bill was saying. And I'd never heard of anything like that before. It was very, very early Internet sort of deal, just like. Can you believe it? Like Bill Simmons said, like I, I, this is preposterous. Because you know it was, it was probably even like that was very early Twitter. People weren't keeping up with games like that. So fun, fun little turn back in time. Now fun to watch the Celtics uh, implode in the playoffs. Ah. 
Also fun to go to Salsaritas, two locations in Louisville, Middletown. It has a drive-through out on Shelbyville Road. Uh, our buddy Matt Sack moving out to Middletown. So he's going to be hitting up that Salsaritas probably every other day, I would imagine. Taco Tuesday, by the way. Don't let the short week fool you. It is, in fact, Taco Tuesday. And there's one in St. Matthews as well, right off Hubbard's. Download the Salsaritas app, save you time, save you money. You'll build up rewards. And it's a nifty app. You will like it. That's at Salsaritas. Check them out today. Okay, let's talk back cats, Roush. Yeah, they're battier, they're cattier, they're the 12 seed hosting the Lexington Regional this weekend. And uh, like we let off the top, Scoots's Scoosers are in there. They're the three seed. So Kentucky will face Ball State Friday at noon. Uh, if they win, they, they will play the victors of Indiana and West Virginia. Although, TJ, I admittedly did get a little deja vu um, because – Kentucky has hosted before, and they drew Ball State in the opening game, and they lost. And they, and that's also was it was it Muncie where they they were the two seed, and then they think Gary were, Gary. Oh, you know that, that was also a fun early Twitter moment. The UK media core that covered that game, I think it was like John Hale, Kyle Tucker. Uh, that maybe Brett Dawson was there. I'm not sure. I, I was not covering it, but I was following along from home. They were just completely delusional and loopy because that game lasted so long in Gary. We were planning on going out to the bars that night. Roush, that was the fun college, college era. What was it? 2011 or 2012? 2012, right? I think. Uh, that that sounds right. Yeah, I think yeah. I think it was 2012. But we were like planning on going out to the bars, but it was like, all right, we'll call the cabs. This was pre-Lyft and Uber. It was like, we'll call the cabs after this game ends. And I was like, I, you know, let's just wait. Let's just wait. And eventually it was just like, oh, I think we're just staying in tonight. This game is not ending. It was already kind of too late. And we had really been throwing them back at that time anyways. But yeah, that was another, that was another good UK baseball memory, although not good because they didn't win. So. You're bringing up you're bringing up some of the hey let's just talk about the last time they hosted a regional that was more fun a lot more fun 2017 ended up uh, taking out NC State in the uh, closing out that was a game five situation though if I'm not mistaken um, right when they when they went to the double elimination sort of deal um, but nevertheless great crowd yeah. for that yeah but um, it was still the regional they were hosting right 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 yeah I just. Just trying to think my way through it. Uh, although I, I'm a little worried about, like I think there will be a good, a decent crowd, but I'm a little worried that everything that's happening in Lexington this weekend might scare some people away, because it's um, it's going to be a poop show. They got Railbird happening at uh, the Red Mile, and I just I don't know if those people know what they're doing at all when it comes to running that festival oh man um, all not, not only the the disaster that was at Keeneland last time but the ticket pr- like all the pricing stuff is just outrageous and i don't know how big all that is and like, i mean i had some people that were on the wait list until recently and they're just like they they got access they're like yeah we're good we don't we don't want to deal with it um they're parking they're charging people a lot of money to park at kroger field so if you're all these people were parking at kroger field like where I, I don't know where I'm going to park to go to that Sunday football camp. Um, cause hopefully there's a baseball game happening. Like where, where are the baseball people going to park? Um, uh, there's no hotels cause you're also having the state baseball tournament go on. 
Um, there's a big thing in Danville and they're take like, it's just a lot of hotels, um, aren't, aren't around. So actually I, I saw that the opponents, uh, the, the Hoosiers, the Mountaineers and the Cardinals are staying at Baldwin hall. Um, they're charging. How, how much do you think it would cost to the UK is going to charge them to spend a night at Baldwin hall? Per $92 and 50 cents. Damn it. You looked it up already. Well, technically, one eighty-five per suite, but you know, you 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 catch my drift. That's a pretty good price. I, I spent some time in Baldwin Hall. It's a good it's a good setup. You'll be sharing a bathroom, but it's so- a good setup. I, I'm also surprised that they didn't just put them in like one of the new ones. But I guess that there's kids probably staying in it over the summer. Yeah, maybe that maybe it's just like, hey, this one is completely and totally cleared, where the other ones still have maybe like a few international students staying over the summer or like to mix them with the baseball. It just wouldn't, wouldn't be a a good setup. Yeah. I don't know. You could also tell those people like, Hey, we got to move you for a weekend. You'll, you'll be okay. Although I guess they probably wouldn't enjoy just like two random baseball players staying in there. I think we fought a war for that in the revolutionary war. You don't, you just can't let anybody come stay in your place just because somebody tells you so. Um, no, they'll be fine. I, I like what would they rather stay in Louisville and have to drive 90 minutes to and from their games? No, I, I think they probably prefer to stay in a dorm room. Secondly, for a baseball team, it doesn't sound like the worst setup. Like you'll have basically an entire floor to yourself yeah, with a yeah. common area and a kitchen and stuff like that. They'll so. have meeting rooms. Like it, it won't be that bad. Um, and it, it, I, I know dorms get a bad rap, but these are these are really nice, and so it could be a fun way. I mean, you're staying together the whole time anyway, um, so yeah. I, I I don't. I'm more so worried about just fans who might be deterred from just being around there. Um, but ultimately, how many chances do you get to watch Kentucky play in a regional? Here's your opportunity. I'm hopeful that they make it to Sunday. So that we can maybe get a little, oh, I'm going to hang out at the football camp and then go to the baseball game. Like that, that would kick all kinds of ass. So, um, really, really hoping that happens. Yeah, that would be, that'd be cool. Um, it, it's, I, I've, I'm no baseball expert. Maybe later this week we'll get Derek Terry on or, or something. It, it seems like it's a competitive region, but it's nothing that UK can't handle. Ball State has played a lot of good teams this season. They haven't beaten them, but they have been incredibly competitive in those games. I think even against number one overall seed Wake Forest, I think they lost by a run. So they're they're not going to shy away from Kentucky. They've gone toe-to-toe with some of the best teams, but they haven't found a way to beat them. So Kentucky hopefully takes care of business there. And then if you win, you only really need to worry about one of West Virginia or Indiana. And if you end up having to worry about the other one, then you can you can worry you, you worry about that when you do that. Uh, West Virginia battle tested, they're solid. Indiana traditionally has been solid over the last decade. Uh, but I think Kentucky already kind of beat Indiana handedly this season. Run roll. Hope that they are able to do it. What's that, Scooch? Run roll us, right? I thought so. Yeah, beat them relative. Yeah, beat them easily. Hopefully, you'd be able to do that again when even more is on the line and the lights are even brighter. It, it there's no team in the region that Kentucky should say, ah, when we're at our best, we can't beat them. So, by that measure, 
I think it, it is what it is. You are, again, you are playing teams that have a little bit of a tradition of winning, or at least this season have been impressive, but it's NCAA tournament. You got to expect that. And you're at home. I Good points about the crowd rush, but I still think UK fans are going to show up. And if that means it's just more Lexington people that can kind of deal with the traffic on their 10 to 15 to 20 minute drive home, then so be it. But I still think you'll get people coming in and driving out um, from Louisville and other parts of the state as well. So it's going to be a packed house, I would imagine. You got to take care of business. And I do want to just give a, a shout out to Nick Mingione. Obviously, I was incredibly vocal about not thinking that he was the guy for the job. Long term, I hope he continues to prove me wrong, but he absolutely deserves a, another season. And I'll this was a make or break year for me. I really felt like last year was a make or break year for me, but I'm, I'm not the athletic director and I'm not the one making the decisions. And maybe Mitch Barnhart was right to see this through. This is what we wanted though. And now just like basketball tournament or when you get to a bowl game, things can happen in the postseason. Sometimes you can be unlucky. That's sports. The ball can bounce the other way. I'm not saying that like, job well done or check mark on the season you've accomplished all you need to accomplish but even if they somehow don't make it out of the regional Mingione's earned and deserves another season where I had said this year if it didn't go the way that it needed to go uh, he needed to be gone it went better than I than I thought so we're incredibly hungry fan base I feel like we've been served up a pretty good entree but like in Survivor, when they have the the food challenges, like keep them coming, keep them coming, win the regional, win a super regional, keep this going. But I, I he's he's done enough for me to admit that I was wrong. Yeah, and, yeah. And hats off to him and this entire team. It's been a fun it's been a fun regular season. I wasn't expecting that. We um we do have to put our hands up. You know, like I guess I'm I'm happy to admit I was wrong. Um, very happy um, because like you said it was a make or break season and they did the exact opposite of what I expected so now is a is an opportunity to to really put the finishing like basketball sadly is a sport like football is a regular season sport basketball is a postseason sport baseball can be somewhere in the middle but it's important to make the most of this opportunity um, and it, because, you know, you can, you only have so many of these at the university of Kentucky. That's just uh, as, as much as it just means more in the sec. It's also a lot harder to do what they've done at the university of Kentucky. This will be, oh gosh, is it the sixth time they've hosted a regional maybe ever? So make the most of it, make the most of it. Let's keep this thing rolling. I saw the, uh, did you see the advanced analytics, TJ, that said Kentucky has a 30% chance to make the College World Series? I did, yes. The thing that worries you a little bit about that is LSU, who would be UK's super regional opponent. They're the five seed, Kentucky the 12 seed. They had a better percentage to make it, but not by a lot, so that's that's good. LSU also is they, – they, they kind of rock. Um, they but do. Everybody they do. does now. A lot of what it's going to come – like. Kentucky's just an opportunistic team. So it does feel like a lot of it's going to come up to luck. I mean, you know what? 30%, it 
Scoots, 30% um, will get you in the Hall of Baseball Hall of Fame if you can get that at bat every time. That's true. So I'll take 30%. Very true. I, I, I'm, I didn't love the LSU draw. I, I didn't want somebody in the SEC. But UK won one out of three down there to go to Omaha. They'd have to win two of three, obviously. Maybe LSU doesn't make it out of their region, though. They've got a rivalry game against Tulane to start, so that will be pretty juiced up. Maybe they get upset there. I doubt it, but not impossible. And then Sam Houston, obviously I know nothing about. Seemed like a solid, seemed like a decent person, I suppose. But Oregon State, Oregon State and LSU, their baseball teams have like a little weird rivalry despite geography being so far away and cultures being so different but they've played against each other and in, in postseason play several times and Oregon State's got a great program so so maybe 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 a team comes to Lexington if UK can take care of business and they're regional maybe somebody upsets LSU and somebody else comes to, to Lexington for a super regional but you can you can worry about that down the road just take care of your own business and it, it really is so important to win game one teams can lose game two you can win game one and then lose that game two and teams have come back especially home teams because it's just your backs against the wall but you've got the crowd cheering and going for you but teams that lose their opening game in the NCAA tournament it's it has happened but it is really rare so if UK loses to Ball State and then you'll have to play the West Virginia Indiana loser You'll, you'll have to win out at that point. Um, it just will become an incredibly tough road for UK. So best to avoid that. Win. Put yourself on the winner's bracket, and then you'll be two wins away from, from closing things out. That will be the goal for the Batcats. And it starts on Friday, I think at noon. Correct. So what yeah. love a good uh, day baseball when it's like some somebody I actually care about. You know, it's a nice... Um, these kind of, I don't want to say background noise, but you know what I mean. It's good to have on. Yeah. All right. Hour one done. Uh, we have a oh, Memorial wow. Day weekend text line that is interesting, to say the least. So we'll be bringing that oh, up. Already done. Uh, SEC meetings are underway in Sandestin, Florida. It just means more. And for the first time, Texas and Oklahoma are there. So we'll talk about what's happening down there. Is the schedule going to be set? What's next for the league? A lot of, a lot of fun stuff from Sandestin. Can't wait for uh, Daryl Bird's annual one-on-one uh, -on -one with Mitch Barnhart. A tradition unlike any other. Remember to get to Thornton's to start your day off right. It's a short week. Get yourself extra coffee, maybe some donuts. Have fun at Thornton's. This is Kentucky Roll Call. We'll be right back. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Roll TJ Walker, Nick Brown, Justin Kalen. We appreciate you listening. 
Check out ShadyRays.com for the best polarized sunglasses on the planet. If you break them, lose them, or you just want them back, you pay a small processing fee and you get your order sent back to you like it's brand new. Buy in confidence when you go to ShadyRays.com and do not forget promo code BIGX for 25% off at checkout. That is ShadyRays.com. Fun first hour. We're going to get to the Thornton's text line here in hour number two. But first, Roush, we need to talk about some SEC news. Dun, 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 dun. I, I wish we, we can't we can't do that. So we got to co-op some other SEC music. Um, it's being taken from us. But that's not why they're meeting down in San, sunny Sandestin, Florida. Uh, presidents, ADs, and but football coaches, they're all meeting uh, together to do a little ditty, talk about what's next for the league. Last year, they, they thought they were going to leave with a decision on how the new SEC football schedule will work when Texas and Oklahoma will join the league. It's expected they're going to reach a decision this year, TJ, but I love that they're basically doing the same thing they did last year, which is kick the can down the road. Uh, Ross Dellinger reports that What's most likely to happen is the eight game. So to to kind of reset, Kentucky wants to keep it at eight games. Most people want to move it to nine games. Like we got all these great teams. Why are we limiting ourselves here? The problem is, is if you're Kentucky, you're thinking, well, not to have a loser mindset, but every other team is in the league is going to have one more loss when you do this. Like it's just going to be more difficult. It's had it's gained some legs by staying at eight versus nine by convincing the other ones that a what's the college football playoff committee going to do? Are we just going to self sabotage ourselves? And b we're not getting paid more money, and they believe that that game should be worth five million dollars more to every single school out there. So instead of paying upwards of a million dollars to like a max school to come around, you're going to get five million more bucks from ESPN. The problem is. Right now, ESPN is laying off people all summer. They just signed a deal like a year or two ago. They're not ready to renegotiate. So essentially, Dellinger uh, reports that they have kind of found a middle ground where UK's convinced everybody, well, let's just do eight for a year, maybe two years. And then we figure out, we'll, we'll get ESPN to to pay us some more money. But they'll, they'll be able to do it by then. And then also... We'll know kind of where the selection committee is. We'll be able to kind of steer them in the right direction because the Big Ten, they were all about going to nine games early on in in the process. But maybe they realize that that was a dumb idea. And once they get some teams shut out, and maybe eight is the way to go. So uh, right now, that's kind of the leader in the clubhouse going into these meetings. They're going to discuss uh, it sounds like Sankey, when he had his remarks last night, was kind of pushing for nine um, publicly, saying, like, you know, the ratings were great when we had our all-10-game SEC schedule. Uh, but I, I, at least for now, it looks like Kentucky's going to be able to uh, tread water and, and keep the eight-game schedule alive at least through 2024, maybe 2025 and beyond. All right. All right. Well, if you're a fan of the UK U of L football game, you should be clapping your hands and saying, woohoo. Woohoo. The key here, though, I just I want to reiterate it. This is temporary. 
Temporary, temporary, temporary. Because in that article, if you scroll down, you saw the permanent opponents. And I know that's what moves the needle, TJ. But, like, that's not what's important, especially in the 1-7 format. If, if they stay at eight games, who you're playing every year matters less than who you get stuck with in two-year rotations among the seven others. Now, they go to nine, then I could be sold on like, well, if you've got two juggernauts that you're playing every year, that would suck as your three permanents. So, but like in the eight game, I don't think the permanent opponent really matters that much. Um, if it oh, was, it, it would just be one permanent and then it'd be a rotating of the other seven. Exactly. Every two years. And, and that's why they want to do this temporarily TJ, because they can do the permanents and then just keep the rivals on the schedule for that first rotation. Gotcha. Like the, the secondary yeah. ones. So like yeah. they, they can keep all the rivalries happy while they figure it out down the road. I, I mean, I, I still think the one permanent opponent does matter. I mean, our, our season outlook would be a whole win different if UK's permanent opponent is Vanderbilt versus if it were Georgia. Right, but the on the flip side, if you're stuck with – like Kentucky's got Georgia and Bama on the schedule this year. Like having two get, – getting two or three of those juggernauts kind of on there on that seven game – I think matters more than just having one that you would have to overcome every year. And, and also it's, it's going to be a lesser team because Kentucky doesn't have um, like an important rivalry that the SEC feels like it needs to preserve. Yeah. And hopefully that works in UK's advantage. I I don't, it could work in their disadvantage, but I don't think it would. Um, but I, I don't think it's 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 not nothing. But you're right that in that format, it's not as important as when, you know, we were thinking that they may be. Are they going to do divisions? Are they going to split it up that way? And then okay, it doesn't seem like they're going to do that. They're going to do locked opponents. What if UK gets two locked opponents that are really really tough? Uh, you're right. It won't be as big of a deal. But it'll. This is the last year of divisions, correct? Correct. Correct. Um, Sayonara. Yeah. And that was um, that was part of the like that conversation I had last week with Josh Pate talking about like with the schedule lining up the right way. Ha- that means the 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 big pile of them, right? More in this eight game format. Um, I, I just I, I feel like those matter more. So I'm not going to get too hung up on it now. It still has to pass, um, but I ultimately think it's a good sign that it's not just. That Kentucky was able to get people on board. Having Eli Capilouto and Mitch Barnhart there, um, you know, I mean, Barnhart, he was on the college football playoff selection committee, so he can, like, he this this is his time to use his, uh, his power, and he appears to be doing so. So I'm I'm fascinated by what's going to happen over the next three days. Love that this is our first chance where we get the Oklahoma and Texas banners along with the rest of them. They're not voting on any of this stuff just yet, um, but they're going to be at least be there to hear them out. And that was another part of why they're kicking it down the road too. They're, uh, the, the thought is like, well, why agree to this permanent format if they're like going to come in and then just put their foot down and start kicking and screaming because they don't like it or, you know, I know that's kind of a weird mentality, but they'd like to at least let them have a say. Uh, There's a saying that Mike Slav had that Sankey abides by. Basically, they want everybody to be at a consensus because if it's all good for the league. So 
right now it's a little bit split, so they're just going to do the path of least resistance. And I, I do think that it is probably just temporary. Each year that it remains at eight games is probably one less year that it's like that ever because they're probably eventually going to go to nine, and I don't mm-hmm. think they'd ever go back once they see the income from that additional game. But every year that they can push it off, folks, the Governor's Cup will be in serious, serious, serious jeopardy when the SEC goes to nine games. And I wish UK would just take the, the mindset and just come out and say, regardless of what our conference does, we look forward to playing Louisville every year. That's what I would do. I don't think UK would do that. And I think it's easier for me to say that. Playing nine SEC games and then playing what I think is going to be one of the ACC's better programs moving forward under Brom, that's there's very few teams that are doing scheduling that tough. And the only other teams are doing it are in the SEC you're making life tougher on yourself by doing Mm -hmm. that. And I think that's the way UK is going to look at it. I do wish they'd come out though and just say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to play these guys. As long as they're willing to play us, we'll be willing to play them because otherwise it's just going to be spun as you're too scared to play your biggest rival. And while I get the logistics behind it from UK's point of view, that game, that game needs to be played. I would love for that to happen. Would not would not want that to go away. It's too much fun, um, but I I'm not looking forward to those because it would probably be like around this time of year. So it's all we would talk about for like a month or so. Kind of like that summer when I, should Kentucky play Indiana in basketball became the only thing we talked about for a summer. I'm not I'm not looking. Forward oh to that. no, you're yeah. right. It, it wouldn't it's, just be that summer. It'd be every summer. Yeah, it's, it's going to be. be you would just get like it would be 2039 and Tim Sullivan will just have stopped writing about horse racing and he'll say is it time to readdress the conversation of the last 17 years about UK and UofL picking up the series in football because they still do it with IUK with IU and UK in basketball and it's just horrible it's yeah it's going to be nauseating so not looking forward to that not at all well, it's a it's a reality. It definitely could happen down the road. But there's your scheduling update with the SEC yep. football still, unfortunately, too too far away. They're also going to have uh, field storming stuff that probably have some crazy like new rules or something like that. So just uh, and uh, yeah, that that that'll be the big news. And like I said, we always get a Daryl Bird one on one with Mitch Barnhart. They like to vacation down there. So he gets a little time on the beach, then a little time uh, hanging out with the with old Mitchie. The old sit-down. Yeah. Real we'll get your text on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. We're going to talk UK basketball, but let's read a few texts here. Let's do it. The first texture says, TJ, it's funny because literally 70-ish percent of the stuff we learn in school is overly useless and pointless. Wow, useless and pointless. Every time I would ask a teacher as to why this is relevant to life, they would never have a real answer. Would have been nice to maybe learn how to do taxes, but nah. Let me learn and understand how to solve an algebraic expression. So unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. And 
and you know, it, a lot of it comes back to process over like actual like figuring out how to do kind of complicated processes is, is important, but yeah, that the lack of, uh, just basic financial stuff that we're taught. Like, uh, my parents spent a bunch of money for me to go to a private school where I got to take an elective that had a lot of that stuff in there, but I still don't really know how taxes work. I just know that I've got to pay the gut. I didn't learn about quarterlies until, uh, you told me what they were like. It's, it's basic stuff like that. I had, I got most of the others figured out, but you'd think that would be a part of the educational process, like a life skills type thing. And I, I think, got I got a little bit more, I think, than most, but that should be like a, a mandatory public school thing, like changing a tire, um, interest rates. What are I think they? Three thing. I, I'm all right. Like I do think you need to make kids do a bunch of different things because they will learn they'll they'll learn what they like and they'll learn what they dislike. I do think there are lessons in having to kind of go through a subject that you're not crazy about and learning how to kind of just grind through things and stay focused and all that stuff. But there are some things like, again, when we had that big biology chemistry or whatever conversation last week, that, that can go three things that need to be more common in schools across the country, like an everyday life one, like the texture's talking about something with like taxes and just kind of financial class and i would even say like started earlier than you think like people are laughing thinking about like kindergartners learning how to like you know you give a dollar and then they, they take six cents away from it or something like that I, you, like I'm maybe like starting in middle school you start oh, doing that I, stuff yep yep and also that that's one number two got to get the wood shop class back and we never got that roush and no. I, Scoots, I think would totally agree with the wood shop like teach us how to just do basic stuff around the house how to use tool how to fix basic Safely. things so yeah i actually had um wood shop but we didn't really learn a whole bunch in terms of like wood when i think back to wood shop i think of we learned how to fly paper airplanes how to make a paper airplane and see who could fly it the longest. So yeah, general life stuff would be would be nice in that. But I don't remember learning any of that. Yeah, I feel like the ba the the basic tool like here's um um uh, what's a good one off the top of my head that I have to fix. You think about it. I'll get to my number Third three. One. Get to that one. A along with wood shopping, mandatory for all all sexes. You need to do cooking. You need to have yeah. cooking classes yeah. starting like in middle school for all people. And that like, I'm sorry, if you're teaching me in second grade have to how to play a stupid clarinet that I'm literally never going to play again, you can teach me how to make muffins. And I, and well, I think I think one is going to be more beneficial moving forward than the other. And I'll let people at home take a guess, especially uh, at like you can use science too when you do cooking. Uh, hey, boiling water, yeah. it reaches X amount of temperature. It changes, it, it undergoes a chemical reaction. The noodle goes from hard to soft. Degrees. TJ, yeah. you mean you so, mean to tell me you haven't pulled out your recorder since second grade? Come on, man. I play mine all the time. I'd <laughs> um, piper. I would include in in like the shop, the, in the general toolsy knowledge we need. Um, a big one is just basic car maintenance. Like how to jump a car because your battery's going to die at some point. So like how to change, how to, how to change a tire. Yeah. Um, change your oil. Like there's, that's very, that's a few basic things that like just get you comfortable around them enough to where you don't 
you don't feel like a dingus. Because that that's my thing. Is sometimes I just feel like a dingus, and it's like, oh, this is too much. But um, my wife, her comes from a handy family. She's a problem solver, so typically she's pretty good at. All right, well, let's just do this, and we'll we'll get it going. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. I, I, I took drama classes for nine years. We don't need to be teaching kids how to lie. Like nine years, they that y'all had drama every year at St. Rayfield. Uh, maybe maybe it was like you'd have a semester off from it and then the other semester you'd have art but yeah like did you do a play or something every year yeah yeah, you do a little play huh we just had like the it was like you had like a scoot scoot's leaving the meeting couldn't have been good for what that means in in regards of us being on air it's all good now i don't know how i hit that x are we back on the air? You're back on air, yeah. Just a little blip. Small blip on the radar. Did we leave the air? Uh, yes. Confirmed. What did it, what did it sound like? Uh, you know when you're like laying in bed and you can't hear anything and it's like just noise? Like dark no. white noise? It was kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's totally relatable that you just hear <laughs> things in your head. But I, I think like maybe like a fan white noise is more of what you're yeah, referencing. Yeah, there you go. There you okay, go. all right. Worried about my buddy Scoots and what he's hearing inside his head. Text on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Another texter says, huge congrats to Eastern on taking down St. X. First trip to state since 97. Yeah, St. X gets the big win over Trinity. And ain't that the way that it goes? You end up slipping up in the next match or the next game and the one that you think is going to be a little bit easier. But congrats to Eastern. Uh, That's crazy. The top three rated teams in the seventh region None of them make it out, and that is when it comes to sports in Louisville, folks. It is incredibly competitive, but that's why it's such a huge deal if you can win the region. So Eastern went absolutely crazy when they won, and rightfully so. Congrats to them, and best of luck at the state tournament. Gosh, when you brought that up too, Rouse, just talking about all the stuff going on in Lexington this weekend, it is like that – Let's see if this little old town can handle all this stuff going on. Yeah, And it looks like it's also going to be really hot, which – People, I'm sure everybody's going to keep their cool. <laughs> let's hope so. Oh, let's hope so. Uh, one person asked, so Roush, why is your name Rick Nash on the gram? That was actually uh, my first name on KSR. I wrote as Rick Nash for like a year or two uh, early on. Yeah, that's, oh. that's the real name. Oh, no. Did it happen again? Jesus. Why do, you, why do you keep hitting the X, Scoots? I keep mic, mic, meaning to X out of something else in it. I keep hitting that Okay, well, now out. that it's happened twice, maybe you just don't. I'm not. Lost kind of not not touching it. Privileges. Not, not touching it anymore. We don't also, what do you have that's up that's so important to X out? I'll have like 10 tabs open at one time. Do you really I've do got, you need to close the tabs that bad? I've got seven. Yeah, they're fine. <laughs> But that's, inter- that's interesting about your KSR, Roush. I, I had no idea. I, I always thought change, that was like don't change, a... Don't change the subject. Don't change the subject. <laughs> well, I wanted to touch on that because I'm really interested. But I thought that was maybe like a name from back in the day that your buddies used to call you. But to hear that you actually started writing for KSR with that name that's is pretty, yeah. it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was fun. Because, uh, I mean, we did. It was mostly joking. Like, back Zekman. Like, we had, we had a lot of them. Um... Uh, where we that was just it roll it was fun. So uh when uh, we initially started they're like, Yeah, you don't have to use your own name if you don't want to. So I was like, Oh, well I'll do this. I'll I'll uh I'll throw that around. A lot of fun. 
lot, a lot of fun. Even though when, I realized I needed to switch back when people thought that that was my actual real name. I can. I wonder it's, why they thought that was your real name. Yeah, I know. And also, why would I change my Instagram name now? It's been 10, 15 years. I'm good. A lot of my U of L friends say that we can't claim UK as legitimate SEC team since our non-conference is so weak compared to other <laughs> SEC schools. Is this fair? I, I love to that. Like the whole. I don't want to hear one damn U of L fan talk about UK's football schedule this year. They play Georgia and Alabama. All right, Kentucky is the the t- Kentucky and Miami are the only two. Kentucky, Miami, and Notre Dame is who Lovell plays this year. The rest of them, if you look at their power ratings, it's all like teams that are sixty pl- or worse. It's horrific how bad the ACC is. So I don't I don't want to hear anything about their schedule. Their schedule is incredibly easy this year. I don't know why, like, it, it is just a bad look all around to be so emotionally invested in a rival's team schedule. And that's what happens with UK football and basketball all the time. Like, who UK plays one of the best basketball schedules year in and year out, and the fact the SEC is elevated the last five years only makes it even tougher. UK plays in the SEC in football, and on any given year, you could play both Alabama and Georgia. Like Roush mentioned, that's this year. On top of Tennessee and Florida as well, it's always difficult. But why would you like? Why would you waste your time and energy whining about what your rival is or not doing with their schedule? The the thing that amuses me too is like it doesn't matter in football what your schedule is. Oh, as of course the garbage truck starts smashing things outside of my window um but in basketball like it it does matter for NCAA tournament seating that sort of thing strength of schedule matters it doesn't matter in football your win-loss record is what matters and that you're in a good enough conference to put you in contention down the stretch a texter says the Celtics are getting absolutely waxed Tatum and Brown won't be back with each other Celtics need to get another legitimate guard in the offseason and trade Brown away. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably don't disagree with that. But more people that know the NBA probably would have a better say. When uh, Tatum got hurt early on, rolled his ankle, and then Jalen Brown just stunk it up. Um, yeah, that's that's what you were there for, dude. Pick up the slack, and he didn't do it, so they lost. Celtics need to invest in Peyton Pritchard, give him more minutes, give him a shot. He's the answer. But no, they don't. They give them four minutes a game, and they get blown out. And you just you you could see you could see that coming. Uh, Texter says, if we don't land a single transfer by the end of this week, is it officially panic time? Well, let's take Not our it. last break and turn the page to some uplifting UK basketball conversation. <laughs> there, I'm glad we at least uh, made it to the last thirty minutes of the show before really really getting after it. Just. Also, remember, Chris Livingston said he wasn't going to take till the last day to make his decision. Oscar, oh, yeah. Oscar Shibway said he he probably would. So we'll at least give we'll we'll he was he's he he stood by his word. We'll come back. We'll talk about all of it. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Well, Homer, I guess you're the winner by default. Default? Woohoo! 
the two sweetest words in the English language. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call. One final segment on your Tuesday. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. We appreciate you listening. Texting on into the Thornton's text line. And if you're interested, Park Mammoth, 4th of July. The scramble of the year, besides the big export scramble. They're doing a shotgun start. It's on America's birthday. Four-person scramble, 9 o'clock. And you can register by go calling 270-544-7200 or be ready for this catchy email. H-M-A-D-R-I-L at parkmammothgolfclub.com. H-M-A-D-R-I-L at parkmammothgolfclub.com to get registered today for Park Mammoth, one of the nicest courses in the state. Their 4th of July scramble. They're going to have prizes, games, closest to the pin, longest drive. It'll be a lot of fun. And don't forget about the Big Exports Radio golf cart. It's Father's Day yeah. right around the corner. You can play at Park Mammoth, under $25 around. Old Capital, Elk Run, Valley View, Wooded View, Christmas Lake. Call 812-725-1457 or go to BigExportsRadio.com to get yours today. Park Mammoth named one of the top five courses in Kentucky and one of the three best new courses in the nation by Golf Digest. It's the real deal, folks. All right. Roush, UK still has seven scholarship players. Yep. And uh, as the texter asks, are we going to freak out if there's a transfer? If there's not new transfers this week? Uh, I will not if they get Oscar Shebra and Antonio Reeves back. Then they'd be like, okay, we'll see if you can add somebody. Um, try to. Preferably, I think, a forward, I would think. But, yeah, I'm. Um, if those two come back, they'll be good. Will they come back? I don't know. We didn't hear anything over the weekend. Oscar's working out with the Hawks today. Uh, they have until midnight tomorrow to figure it out. And it's just I timed it out perfectly to where my last day of doing night shifts is, of course, the day that it's NBA draft withdrawal deadline. And I get this feeling that people are going to be waiting around on pins and needles waiting to hear news Wednesday night. Uh, we got some decisions yesterday, like Ryan Cockbrenner and uh, Johnny Broom announced they're coming back. And Broom actually was kind of kicking ass in all of his stuff. So the fact that he came back, like that, that's big for Auburn. I think he was probably rising up draft boards. But we're getting some decisions elsewhere, just not decisions that <laughs> involve the guys we really want to hear from. Yeah, Broom was surprising, and that's a, that is a big deal for Auburn. He went to the G League Combine that Antonio Reeves was at, and if you did well there, like the top six to eight people got invited to the actual Combine. Reeves didn't get that invite. Uh, there was, I don't think Toppin did. Toppin get an NBA Combine invite? I think maybe he did. But regardless, it was it, it was competitive. It was tough to get that basically it's like a tryout and you advance to the next level of tryouts and he even did okay at the combine yep. but he decided to come back to, to Auburn so that's a big deal for them and feels feels like there's some Hamadou Diallo like drama going into tomorrow night the funny one is like 
Chris Livingston, just because everybody, again, even though you had the Ben Roberts update a little over a month ago saying, eh, you know, UK still thinks there's a chance, everybody's just presumed him gone. And you're probably going to get that announcement, but it's going to be late in the game. And Yeah, it's like, what are you like, waiting, well, what yeah, are you waiting you know, for? What was, what was going on with that? But maybe there's a surprise there. Maybe there's a couple surprises to be had. The Antonio Reeves stuff, everybody, he was just a lock to come back, but we on Kentucky Roll Call and others were, okay, if he's a lock to come back, go on and announce it. You know, feel free. But that kind of lingered on, and then it actually got to a point where it was like, oh, no, he's actually not a lock to come back by any stretch of the imagination. You even had some people suggest that he was leaning towards going. I think maybe there's been a rubber band effect to this, and it, things are looking a little bit more stable with Antonio Reeves, but I, I don't know. I'm talking out of my butt with that one. And then with Oscar Shibway, similar boat where it's kind of, there's been ebbs and flows where it's leaned one way and it's leaned the other, but it's never really been too extreme one way or another. So it's anybody's best guess, including mine and including yours listening at home. But tomorrow night is the deadline. Midnight. Make a breakdown. Um, can you remember a, was Diallo did this, right? Where yes. he like waited until, and if I'm not mistaken, didn't it basically go after midnight before he actually said anything? Yeah, I think, I think it was, but I think it was like shortly after midnight. Like 12.15 or something, 12.08, something yeah, like I that. Yeah, I think it's like something like the, the, I think you don't necessarily have to, you obviously don't have to make an announcement. It's just a paperwork sort of deal. And right. it's whether it leaks before you make your announcement or you make your announcement. But this whole thing has not been fun. One thing I wanted to add. I understand, you know, we can understand why people are frustrated with Calipari, whether just with this offseason, which to certain levels of degree, some people probably take it too far. And, and maybe there's even some people that don't take it far enough or just with the recent success of the team. But one thing that I have said over the years and in, in the off seasons and in summers and uh, we've talked about on Kentucky Roll Call is that like part of the reason why I've been probably more lenient with Calipari than others is because the off seasons are usually fun and, and to a certain degree. It's not always fun when you have like six guys leave or seven guys leave for the draft, but you're always feeling super optimistic about going into the season or you are feeling solid about where things stand. This is one of the few off-seasons in the Calipari era at UK. Not the first, but one of the few where it's like, oh, my goodness, Like you, you got to figure this stuff out. And I still think it's going to be okay when it's all said and done, but this is part of the reason why like, I've been a little bit cooler or a little bit more lenient with him is because like, I, I don't take that stuff for granted. Being excited about going, on, going into a season – does it count for anything at the end of the day? No, but it makes the summer a lot more fun being like, hey, got a top five roster. Next year's going to be awesome. Who? I wonder who's going to get the more mi more minutes. How many threes do you think this person's going to hit? And you have those conversations. You don't usually have the scrambling conversations. We're kind of in that territory right now. If the announcements by tomorrow night at midnight don't go UK's way, then you will officially be in scramble mode where you're like, you just have to go get bodies. Um, Probably not at the talent level that you want, but maybe you never know. That Rutgers shooter cut his list down to four. UK was not included. Could you make anything of that regarding Antonio Reeves? I would certainly like to do that. I don't know mm -hmm. if there's any truth to it, but I'd like to maybe read into that irrationally. But 
you get these, you get the decisions to go your way. Everything's pretty much groovy. Maybe you add a player, but if you don't, not the end of the world. You're feeling pretty solid. Uh, you probably still would, though, but would it be a contributor? Eh, remains to be seen. If they don't go your way, it is panic mode, like scramble, get bodies, figure this stuff out, and you still probably don't feel all that amazing going into the season. So it's totally in the balance right now. It couldn't be more exciting. It is kind of ironic, too, that you mentioned the – the 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 excitement levels of like this off season. This is maybe the this is the best recruiting class since what, Fox Monk Bam, and we're still like that 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 shows you how college basketball has changed. As much as I'm, I kind of uh, uh, push back on like it's got to be old to win. I'm like uh, it doesn't always have to be, but like it it is different now where you're just not a recruiting class alone cannot fix all your problems from year to year. Yeah, I mean, it can go a long way, but you still have to have the right pieces around. And right now they just, they don't. Uh, even if you think this freshman class is going to be amazing, and I, I think it's going to be incredibly talented, but you, you still, you can't even practice right now. By the way, Reed Shepard supposedly not going to play in the Kentucky-Indiana All-Star Series. Probably more importantly, not going to do the Kentucky- seniors versus juniors which is like an unofficial scrimmage yep. but you're not going to get the the perry shepherd matchup that everybody was looking forward to mm. which if you want to if you want to get conspiracy theory is cal so concerned about the roster he can't risk shepherd getting hurt um hmm. no i mean that's kind of silly like UK has had players not play in these games. Uh, I think Marcus Teague did play, but he was playing from the Indiana side of things. It's, I would just assume that he's hurt. Like I feel like Reed Shepard would play if he got the opportunity to. Oh, maybe I don't know if he is hurt or not. But uh, that, that was what was the uh, the the okay. word I heard. That's, I uh, hope it's nothing. Hey. I hope it's nothing serious. I, but I, I could see UK just being like, "Yeah, we would prefer you not doing this. Like we're doing a summer trip here. Let's just make sure we get you here at a hundred percent." Yeah, exactly. That's what's most important. Uh, we got a sales guy uh, in the Kentucky All Stars, like the second in three years, I think, or That's third great. in three years. Yeah, moving on up. Only had one, I think, before the last run. So yeah, woohoo! Salt Lake Brian checking in. Seems like there's a growing descent with Kentucky and others opposition to a nine-game SEC schedule. Do you think it's justified? Seems like many people don't consider the grind on the players. We uh, Salt Lake City, Brian. We know you listen, so you probably already heard us talk about that. But if you did, yeah. go back and search for the podcast. I don't. I don't think it's as much as a grind on the players, too. Like when I talk to players, they they would prefer playing. Like they they get more excited to play good teams than they do to get up for a MAC game. So I think they would even welcome it. Um, but they also, you know, think with their head and their heart, and not necessarily their beat up bodies, like. The the most enthusiastic were a bunch of defensive linemen that like they all miss some time here and there. So um, yeah, that's what I, I was gonna say is that like it's they may have that sentiment, but it doesn't mean like there's an SEC game is still tougher on the average player's body than playing against a MAC opponent. Much, much. Not that you can't get hurt in either one, you definitely can. But like the, you talk anybody that's played SEC football and they've talked about those Sunday mornings after a physical game against a Georgia and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So 
that's a good point, Salt Lake Brian, but they probably don't really care about the players' bodies, if we're being honest. Jalen Brown also, is bad? If, if they go to the NFL, they're going to play more games. You know, I mean, it's different because they're getting paid a lot more, but still. Yeah, but maybe all the more reason to help their bodies because huh, yeah, yeah, but that's huh. that's not college's concern. They they don't they don't care about the players' bodies. Jalen Brown is bad. Tatum gets hurt on the first play of the game, and Brown can't do anything but turn the ball over. Mm. What well a shame! Yeah, what a shame! What a shame! Session with Tatum rolling his ankle. John here. Good morning, everyone. Wow, I had great fun this past weekend, but time sure does move fast. By gosh, I know we still may need to add two or more players to the current roster, but I'm excited about this talented team coming in. We have the number three, four, and six of the top ten, and two others that are not are nothing to sneeze at with the rankings at 16 and 33. But this reminds me of a Cal team in his early days with the Cats. I think we may get Reeves back. I just feel like Big O is 50-50. But guys, I'm telling you, we just really need to add Vargas and Polson type players, and we'll be just fine. So am I just delusional? We'll got to go talk to you later. Yeah, we don't need any Vargas back on campus. He seemed like a fine enough guy. He hasn't gotten yeah. any trouble since, right? No. Yeah, and I think he... But he, he was not a good basketball player. No, no, no. Not, not good at all. Um, Jared, Jared, Jared was, was fine. Valuable. Yeah. Great he had kid. a few moments, yeah. Lovable smile. Cute as a button. But he actually played. I remember that road game at UNC in 2010-2011. He he had to like actually play meaningful minutes because of UK's foul trouble situation. Wouldn't wouldn't would you look at that? UK playing UNC and getting a bad whistle. Huh? Huh? huh. Weird. Tale as old as time. A texter says, "I hate hearing our one SEC matchup is South Carolina and not Vandy or Tennessee." Yeah, I don't care because I'd be okay with that. I mean, I would rather have Vandy. But... But yeah, I'd be, I'd be fine with it. I hate South Carolina, not as much as Tennessee, but like that game means more than the Vanderbilt game. I don't know. You're splitting hairs. You're you're gonna end up playing one of those other two. So I, I'm just the easier the better, and uh, so South Carolina, you could do you could do a lot worse than well, them. In the here's here's another thing. Team, so I'm I, I would be cool with South Carolina. We're, we're, we're in the radio land. We get to kind of get stuck on like the complaints side of things. How cool is it going to be to play regularly? Like, I don't know, at Arkansas, at A&M, at freaking Texas. Those are places Kentucky doesn't go to very often that we're going to have the chance to go to. That other fans, I mean, we're going to get to see, we're going to get to see Oklahoma at Kroger Field. We're going to get a Stoops Bowl, right? Bob's going to be there. And it's like, is he going to wear UK or is he going to wear Oklahoma stuff? It's going to be awesome. Like that's what we have to look forward to in the new SEC. So don't don't get too hung up on the not getting to yeah Vandy every single year. Well, people like winning too, but that's a good point. Like UK fans just absolutely swarm the Grove this year. You're gonna be you're gonna have a chance to do that more frequently. Yes. Uh, games of Baton Rouge, you know, uh, yes, that, that's yes. on a lot of people's bucket list. And uh, oh no, you may not get to go to Nashville for the fourth time in a calendar year to see UK <laughs> play as much. There's always actually, the, the, always the Music City Bowl. D- don't like I don't like uh, people who schedule weddings during football season, but not mad that I don't have to go to Nashville for a wedding. So, <laughs> yeah. Wow! Shout out to that couple. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm like I'm glad that I'm going to be at the wedding. So I don't oh, have to go okay. to Nashville. I think yeah, you, yeah, yeah. 
I, I got it backwards there. You're I right. thought you were like happy that I thought there was a wedding in Nashville, but you didn't have to go to it, and you were very <laughs> excited about it. Uh, uh, opposite. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Jack's last couple of albums have been completely mid, says one texter on the Thornton's text line. General life stuff is needed, says one texter. Like, you don't know how many of my friends call and ask me how to put a spare tire on. Some of them can't even check their oil. Yeah, I think the majority of the American population can't do either one of those two things. That's from Dylan Ballard. We know he can do those two things. Best voice in radio. That's right. Yep. UK media, I think is what Scoot says. UK media, yeah. Y'all are just describing things your father is supposed to teach you. Yeah, well, see, that's the thing that's supposed to happen, but, like, not every dad is. So, like, like I don't know why there can't be a happy, happy medium. Too. And you should be appreciative that your dad did teach you those things because a lot of parents don't, or those parents don't know how to teach those things, which is unfortunately the category that Lucy probably will find herself in. Exactly. Not I won't teach her those things. I just don't know them. So won't, but, but, uh, that's well, why I think in the schools, why not? Let's, let's and, do and, stuff that matters more than just like figuring out the circumference, circumference of something. And there is definitely like, I, I read a thing about Greenup County having a cool program where it's very much hands-on type stuff. But the big thing here is, Texter, if you're not exposed to this uh, at an early age by your parents, like you might not know that that's an itch you need to scratch, that this is kind of your calling, right? Like uh, vocations are down right now. You need We need more of them, more electricians. It's good paying work, uh, probably better paying than blogging. Um, so I... You know, if you put it in schools, you might expose people to something they didn't know they wanted to do for the rest of their lives. Maybe uh, if I learned to cook at an earlier age, maybe I'd be a master chef. Who knows? We'll never know. Uh, we can't read the next one. Don't know what the next one means. Uh, doesn't like Guys and Dolls was a, was a play, I think, that like a musical that people would do. Correct. I, I, I guess he didn't we know never if did, you were ever we never, in that. We never, did, we never did that musical, Guys and Dolls. Did you ever do a school play, Scoots? Um, what do you think, Roush? Think I did or didn't? Probably not. I did not. Probably not. No. That, that, was, that was so far away from my interest in high school. I, I would like to do it now, though. I think it'd be be fun time. You'd like this, to do a play like yeah. as a 36-year-old? Yeah. I mean, if it pays right, I get enough money to do it. Yeah, I think it'd be a good time. Do you think you could? Do you think you could act? Sure. Yeah, I've I've actually said for years I could go to Hollywood and be a great actor. I just I've never had the means to do it or the want to to really do it. But yeah, I think it'd be a good time. Um, yeah, I mean, we could probably find a way to make that happen. Not, not yeah. the Hollywood bit, but like we could probably get you in a local play around well, town. What's 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 the place right over there in Indiana? The um... Oh, the Derby Dinner Playhouse. That's true. Yeah. If, if I were in, get you in over there, if I was in one, would y'all come see it? Oh yeah, make make I a sign for me. Well, I don't know if that would be appropriate for the theater, but <laughs> we afterwards, like when you got out of your dressing room. Oh, we'd get you. We'd get you flowers. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we absolutely would. I'll we'd take you. Break a leg. We should do some improv, Scoots. We can do like you know the mirror exercise. I'm not familiar. I'll teach you. Me, 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 my, me, me, mo. <laughs> uh, my wife had, uh, uh, they, they, they were doing guest speakers to end the year because, uh, I mean, that's that's how you're going to end the year. So they were getting people from different careers to come talk to these kids, maybe get them interested in it. And one of them was um, an actor. Like, they they teach acting at L and they do some plays around town. 
and she was sharing all of the kind of tongue twisters as vocal warm-ups like the rain in spain falls mainly in the plains how now brown cow is the cow brown now you know stuff like that that would be a lot of fun to see uh scoots in maybe in big big voice scoots doing some verbal exercises I'm in. I think the the same texter sent in a line from the guys and dolls. We've got trouble right here in the city with a capital T. Rhymes with P. That stands for pool. TJ, did you get to sing that solo? No, I, I no, I don't know what you're talking about, Texter. Uh, huh. Interesting. I was uh, a king in We Three Kings, the uh, the the Christmas second grade Christmas pageant at St. Paul. It was a sto- show-stopping performance where uh, one of the jokes I didn't even get because it was like uh, it was for like the old people in the crowd. And when we would ask our teacher, she's like, "It's a joke about medicine. It's just it's for the old people." So uh, I was get over it. Pontius Pilate and the Passion of the Christ, and I, I supposedly did one of the best jobs that sixth grader Pontius Pilate has ever done. Oh, did you even have somebody pour water over your hands too? You, or did you have to stick your hand in a dish? Uh, I, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. It's going to be, you were the bad guy. Like pretty no, early on. no, I was, I yeah. it was, it was, I left it. I just, it wasn't up to me. Oh, not up to me. You were the bad guy though. In fact, that wasn't up to me. Let them, yeah, you guys figure it out yourselves, right? Yeah, you got, you got casted perfectly. Leave it to the say. people. Leave it to the people. Uh, too bad Pete can hide and teach the proper backswing technique. Oh, boom, roasted. Johnny, you're not allowed to talk crap until you see my backswing, so suck it, pal. I'm inviting the boys out later this summer once the floor's in, and we'll have KRC Man Camp Day. Have a wonderful 80-year-old father that can give directions while sitting in the corner in a comfy chair. <laughs> it's... Is that roof? Is that siding? Are you building a house? What am I looking at here? Maybe a pole barn? Yeah. Maybe they're putting flooring in a pole barn. Idea, uh, Kentucky roll class. We teach people one life skill a month, put it on Facebook, Twitter community. This summer, we do basic car stuff. That's from Mook. I'm in. See, here's, I, like, okay, that's a great idea. But who's going to teach us? Like, we don't, it's, it's Trevor. Well, I think, like, like Mook, <laughs> here's what you should do. You should, like, make a video, put it on the Kentucky Roll Call Twitter community, and boom, we'll, Scooch will send you some Salsaritas. And it'll be Kentucky Roll Class. It'll just be the but people I, will do it. I, I think his idea, though, is that, like, it's a collaborative effort where he teaches us in the moment how to do things. I think it should be, like, a how-to video, and it's, like, a step-by-step and you can speak in roll call language and like, you know, it, it, it'll be fun. Either way, we're on to something. Yeah, I um, I also, when I was trying to think about things that break around the house, I feel like I don't think about them until they're broken, which is, a, that's that's that that's the, the root of all the problems here. Preventative action instead of reactive action. That's true. That's true. A texter says, Scooch could be in Desperate Wives of Walmart, TV Gold. Come on. Now I'm definitely in. Oh, Scooter Dingus. Scooch, I, I think if you could be a Hollywood actor, I think you should you should chase that dream. I, I wouldn't say it's a dream. I would just it's one of those things I feel like I could be good at. You know, you actually know what my real dream is in terms of acting? 
I would love to do like voice acting. Because I just have so many different voices that I use like on a day-to-day basis. I just, I think that would be a good time. Well, let's, let's, well, let's you hear, can let's show hear, them off for the KRC audience. Let's hear country scoots. Hey there, y'all. How you doing? That's about all that's I got. Pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> Voice acting would be would be fun. I, I just want somebody um, to like draw a character, explain some of their like personality to me, and then let me make the voice based off that. Can we get like like a you you got to do a voiceover for like a a teenager, like a kid? Oh, I, I would need to practice that one. Haven't haven't oh. haven't gotten there yet. Uh, I think there were some Hollywood agents just listening. You may have just <laughs> blew my opportunity. Have, Damn it. You could have lost your chance. Okay. Well, Scoots will have uh, 22 hours to practice. We'll start the show with it tomorrow. Just kidding. Unless Scoots actually wants to, because I think it'd be entertaining. Uh, we'll come back. We'll have plenty to talk about. Maybe we'll get some decisions today. Cross your fingers. Who, who knows? Unless they're bad decisions, in which case we don't want them. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. DJ Walker, the crowd's Justin Taylor. We'll see you on Wednesday.